There's so much focus on racial injustice right now. It's history in the nation and Chicago. Part of that history includes redlining. The term comes from maps made by the federal government in the late 1930s. They drew red lines around African-American neighborhoods and urged banks to steer clear not to offer home loans there. WBEZ and the nonprofit newsroom City Bureau have been looking deeply into mortgage lending in Chicago now. Our findings could make you think modern-day redlining is alive and well. WBEZ's Linda Lutton has the story. Anytime anyone applies for a loan to buy a house or a condominium or a giant apartment building, any kind of housing, the lender must report that along with a bunch of details. Who applied for the loan? What happened to the loan? Where it was done? Did it apply for this federal program or that federal program? That's Andrew Fan from City Bureau. He crunched much of the data for this story, and he knows that data inside out. He used to work at a bank compiling these numbers for submission to the federal government. A uh, really boring process. But then, you know, I realized you could actually take all that data and look at it, you know, for everyone, from my own bank, for every other bank. And you could really see how everyone was doing side by side, what neighborhoods they were lending in, uh, what communities they were lending in and also where they weren't. Where banks and other financial institutions lend matters. Researchers like Brett Theodos of the Urban Institute say home loans are the single biggest way money flows into Chicago communities. Even if you rent, home loans in your neighborhood make a huge difference in what your community is like. It determines whether you have a pharmacy to shop at or a dry cleaner to go to. It determines what rehabilitation work is going to happen to the multifamily stock that's in your neighborhood determines what other single-family stock is going to be coming to your neighborhood. We looked at seven years of lending beginning in 2012. In that time, banks and other financial institutions loaned $57 billion for people to buy homes in Chicago. We made a map that plots out where all that money goes in the city. The map shows investment piled high over the city's white neighborhoods. In many black neighborhoods, it's barely visible. And lending is so closely tied to the race of the area, you might think you're looking at one of the old redlining maps. Here are the numbers. 68% of all lending went to majority white areas. Majority black neighborhoods got just 8%. Latino areas, a hair more. That's even though Chicago has fairly similar numbers of white, black, and Latino areas. And we found some of the city's biggest lenders have even more disparate lending records. J.P. Morgan Chase has deep roots in Chicago, and we know for... Chase Bank, they do... 80% of their lending in majority white neighborhoods and 2% of their lending in majority black neighborhoods. That's 40 times more lending in Chicago's white neighborhoods than black. And while Chase has the worst record of all major lenders in Chicago, they are not alone. Bank of America, Guaranteed Rate, Wells Fargo, they all lend at least 10 times more in white areas than they do in Chicago's black or Latino neighborhoods. So, for example, Lincoln Park on the north side of Chicago, gets more investment from lenders than all black neighborhoods combined. And that's not the only neighborhood where that's true. WBEZ approached all the lenders mentioned in this story. No one would comment on tape. So this is Randy Hultgren, incoming president of the Illinois Bankers Association, which represents nearly all banks in the state. I think all of this points to continued issues uh, that need to be addressed. We've got to do better. 
uh, all of us need to do better. Hultgren says disparities often reflect vestiges of historical underinvestment. That's underinvestment that no one has fixed yet. Not banks, not governments, not communities. In written statements, Chase and other lenders said they're trying to serve all communities. They point to stepped-up grant programs to help homebuyers cover down payments and closing costs and education programs around homeownership. This whole story has been about numbers, but that's not really what this is about. It's about people like Dax Jemison and the community he lives in. Jemison bought a home a couple of years ago with a loan from a nonprofit lender. Wow, it's beautiful. Oh, thank you. So this is the living room? <laughs> it's particularly meaningful because this had been his grandmother's home. You know, I love it. I love it. A two-flat in Greater Grand Crossing on the south side. These are her original bookshelves. I just took them down and painted them and put them back up. Jemison now has rental income from the upstairs apartment, but he's also reaping benefits from homeownership he had not imagined. He sees his kids grounded and stable. It's, 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 a, it's a wonderful feeling. And my wife, too, to know, man, 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 I don't, I don't think we envisioned it to be like this, like a real getaway for us. I, I have no other way to describe it. But, you know, if you take a vacation to a place that you've never been and it's just like, wow, this is available like this is here. This is on this earth. That's how a home feels for us. Jemison's kitchen looks out onto a postage stamp-sized backyard. He says for him, it might as well be the ocean. Like, I could sit back here and just look out this dog window all day and just, like, appreciate where I am and what this is about. Now, my next goal, my next step is to, to really bring up the community. He's got ideas to turn vacant lots into parks. He wants more businesses on the commercial strips. And he thinks the house next door, currently boarded up, could really use a homeowner. Linda Lutton, WBEZ News.